Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. So today we are looking at 10 benefits of eternal life. Why did God in his wisdom not it beautiful that human beings deserve his life? And he sent Jesus to come so that we, we could have his life. Amen. It has been established that it is not because of the forgiveness of sins that Jesus ultimately came. It was not so that our sins would be forgiven. If that was the main goal, then after our sins were forgiven, then that was normal. Then we just go on and probably live any life that we want to live. But Jesus came with a more concrete and structured purpose and mission. And we find that in John 3.16. If you are in this church, John 3.16 is not your usual memory verse. It is a revelation that underpins Jesus' mission to the world. Everything about Jesus, everything about his coming to the world is found in John 3.16. And I read, it said, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Now whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the goal Jesus gave his son was for us to have everlasting life. Eternal life. To live always. That is the meaning of eternal life. Not to live today and die tomorrow. And be resurrected again and die tomorrow. No, no, no. That is not the kind of life that we have in God. God has given us a life that we live always. There is no feminism in this life. This life cannot be terminated. I get what I'm saying. This is the purpose. So, the not to perish is the forgiveness of sin part of it. Because if you are full of sin, then you are heading into what? Oblivion. You will be destroyed. You will die. But then when your sins are forgiven, then the next thing that happens to you, logically, is for you to be given a life. That structures the way you live. That defines how you live. I get what I'm saying. So, our mind, our thought, our logic, is what defines how we live. I get what I'm saying. Yes. So God gave us his life. And that was the reason he came. Purpose of Jesus was way beyond forgiveness of sins. So if your sins are forgiven, it is good news. It is good news. But that is not the, the, the ultimate good news. There is a good news that is bigger than the forgiveness of sin. That is to receive eternal life. Now, why must we have eternal life? What, is, what are the, some of the benefits? In fact, I'm giving you only 10. So I'm, saying I'm going to give you, I'm going to exhaust the list. I tell you, it's going to take me till Jesus comes for me to talk about it. 
But I'm giving you, I'm just sampling 10 for you this morning. So that we can have an understanding. Amen. The first benefit I want to share with you when you have eternal life is that you'll be able to do the works of God. That is very important. You'll be able to do the work of God or the works of God. Many people don't see themselves as workers of God because they think they are not quote-unquote, they are not anointed to do the work of God. Quote-unquote, they think they are not called to do the work of God. So they, they don't even see themselves as workers of God. They don't see themselves as doing something for God. What does it mean to work? A lot of people, their understanding of work, okay, is just purely um, like doing an activity that would at the end of the day, bring, let's say, a reward, a pay, or whatever. Yes, that concept exists. But the reality is that whatever you do, in as much that, that you can say that it is work, it is also an expression of what you believe. An expression of who you are. I guess in... Because, now, you woke up in the morning, okay, and then you took your shower, brushed your teeth, um, um, you smelled pomade on your, on your body you, you did so many things all those things that you did you might think they are nothing but they can all be described as work they are, they are all some type of work because whatever you did has a benefit in that if you didn't bath before coming to church I don't think you have people sitting around you if you didn't brush your teeth before coming to church I think when people are talking to you they will, they will give you the signal I get what I'm saying so the benefit of that work of you getting up, brushing your teeth, taking your shower, is that you're able to smell good, you understand, and you look good. If you didn't put in some work, some effort to iron your clothing, your, your attire would have been crumpled and you wouldn't have looked good. I'm just drawing your mind, using these things as an analogy for you to understand that when we are talking about work, and especially the work of God, you don't have to have the thinking and the imagination to, to say that oh i have to be called first before i start doing the work of god amen there's some people think ah, you. i don't have the calling who say you don't have the calling so far as you have eternal life meaning that you have that life for you to do something and to do something for god amen someone as long as you have eternal life then you have the requisite tools to do something for god if you don't have eternal life then you cannot do anything for god what can you do for god for it to be accepted he will not accept anything that does not match up to his glory right so when jesus christ came he came to come and live the way the father wanted us to live Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. I read verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you, by power 
wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourself also know a man that was attested the word attested that means approved a man that was approved by the works he did a man that was approved by the glory the power he displayed a man that was approved by the mighty works that he did so you cannot have eternal life without displaying works you cannot have eternal life without doing anything are you here with me somebody everything that you do is an outright benefit of eternal life praise the lord so eternal life is so important eternal life gives us what the ability to work for god you know you are not anointed to do certain things and then you know like so oh, this is my work no your work is your life working for god is your life if a child of god is not doing anything for god then you are not expressing the life that you have why will god give you his life for you not to do anything for him? why will god give you his life for you not to do anything no are you not to even do anything for god means that you are not assisted you are not living you must live you know when you wake up in the morning you go around your normal business your chores and everything that shows that you are alive imagine you if someone is dead how can a person who is dead do something if you are dead you are dead you do anything as far as you are alive about your daily chores you do your stuff amen Mark chapter 16 please i have a lot of scriptures to give you so make sure you open your bibles quickly with me so that we can run because 10 points are a lot mark 16 i read from verse number 15 it says and he said to them go into all the world speaking to the disciples he said go into all the world go into all the world he didn't say okay now that you are you're going to receive the holy spirit and you'll be born again just sit down don't do anything and 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 now the way we even look at the, the command going to all the world we we only sometimes as a church the body of christ limit ourselves you understand to evangelism to church growth and those things but it goes beyond that and he said to them going to the world and preach the gospel to every creature verse 16 he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned and these signs will follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons they will speak with new tongues they will take out serpent if they drink any anything deadly it will by no means hurt them they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover see all of these things are the expressions of the quality of life that we have before anyone gets born again let me tell you a lot of people cannot heal the sick they rely heavily on medication for them to be cured of whatever or be remedied whatever wherever they, they, they want at the moment you have the life of heaven the moment you have eternal life now you can lay your hands on the sick and the sick will be healed now doing those things does not mean that oh hey i'm a pastor now i'm a prophet now that, that is the normal everyday life of 
the one having eternal life. When you have eternal life, it should be normal for you to speak in tongues. It should be normal for you to cast out demons. That is your everyday life. The same way when you wake up in the flesh. You wake up, you brush your teeth, you bath, you do those things. Everyday life of a believer is to do these simple things. What shows that you have eternal life? What shows? It, it, it takes the things you do to prove to anybody that you are born again. Coming to church is not enough. Coming to church is not enough. You come to church, you receive instructions. Now, when you go to your well, in your conversations with your friends, what do you say? In your interactions with the community, what do you do? And this is how you manifest eternal life. When someone falls sick in your house, what do you say? What is your immediate reaction to that situation? All those things will tell if you have eternal life or you don't have. At the moment you have eternal life, the benefit is that you are in a position to now heal the sick. You are in a position to live in the way that Jesus, he lived his life. Are you here with me, somebody? Because if you don't live like that, then it means that you have never even started living in Christ. Coming to church does not mean you are living. You are living when you start doing the things of the life that you have. Are you here with me? When you start practicing and manifesting the life that you have, then you are alive. Two, second benefit. When the second benefit of eternal life is that you become the God on earth. I know this is a big one, and if um, a theologian or a religious person is, will be listening, they will say, ah, how, can, how can human beings become God or gods on earth? Now, the word God has a lot of people, but what does it mean? It simply means a superior being. God, that, that, that word God, the, the simplest understanding of that word is a superior being. Now, didn't even Jesus say this concerning the children of Israel? Is it, didn't the prophet say that you are all the sons of God and you are called God? The point is this. God made human beings to be, be superior to animal, than animals and all those other things. That so, to the animal, right? <laughs> we are their gods. I guess what I'm saying. They look up to us. Any superior being that you look up to, okay, more or less becomes a god to you. Superior being. How do we become gods on earth? How do we end up becoming superior? Because we have the very life of God. Is if God has eternal life, and you you also have eternal life, what has become of you? As a frog gives birth to an elephant, no. The frog cannot give birth to an elephant. Because the frog uniquely has the nature of a frog. And the elephant uniquely has the nature of the elephant. So if God has the unique nature of his life, of his being, and then we say we are the children of God, what has that made us? We are God. This one is no argument. You know, it takes a religious person, not a spiritual person, to, to argue with this point. If you are very religious and you are like a all those people who want to debate the word for on 
necessary reason. I think this one is a problem. It's not a problem to believe it. It's not an issue at all. Because we have the nature and the DNA of God. If I have the life of God, that I am God, I'm a superior being, I, the nature that I came into this world with is no longer that nature that controls me. My thoughts, my actions, my words, my behavior, my intentions, everything that I am must be superior to the average person that is on the street out there. That is why I, I defined to you last week the word holiness, the word holy, simply means different, to be different. That is all. In other words, if the world is saying that right now, sport gambling is the order of the day, I'm different from that. The voice of the people is not the voice of God. It is the voice of God that is his own voice. Because the people may be speaking a different voice other than the voice of God. And, and if you want to use the class action of the people to say that the voice of the people is the voice of God, you get it wrong. Because Satan can speak through the voices of people. You didn't hear what I said. Satan can speak through the voices of people. So it takes the voice of God to be his own voice. The voice of the people. Majority decision does not mean that is what God endorses. In fact, if you check through from Genesis to Revelation, most often than not, God is always on the side of the minority. You understand? Yeah. He took 300 people, Gideon. It's a whole it took few people. He took 12 disciples. 12. He didn't take 1,000. 12. He built a whole church out of the 12. Today in the world we have about, about almost 3 billion Christians all over the world. I should tell you. Small. It becomes big. Amen. Are you here with me? John 5. John chapter number 5. Let's read verse number 8. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath but also said that God was his father making himself equal with God. The people wanted to kill Jesus because he said, God is my father. You see, when you go around saying, I'm a child of God, you know what you are saying. You cannot be saying, uh, on, one, on one leg, I'm the child of God. On the other leg, then I am having the, the... No, no, no. As long as you are saying, I'm a child of God, then you are saying what? That I'm equal with God. That's what Jesus said. My father. No, the Jews they have understand it they understood that if anyone calls a man that he's my father that means that I'm equal with the person in other words the equality there means that he has the same nature has the same DNA you know what I'm saying that is why I've been, I've been, I've been saying this thing for years don't call any human being your spiritual father the moment you say he's my spiritual father saying that whatever is in that man is also you. If demons are in that man, you get some. Whatever is in that man, you get it. So they wanted to kill. Why would they have? 
if they if they didn't realize or understood that by saying that by, by jesus saying that god is my father my father my father he was saying that he was equal with god why would the jews decided to kill him so you realize that one of the motivations and the motives of jesus is there apart from god right using it to save mankind was that the devil took advantage of jesus's words which he said my father and they went after him to kill him. how many children of god do we have a child of how many how many children of god do we have you say you're a child of god and you are god because god does not give birth to idiots god does not give birth to animals he doesn't give birth to birds amen he gave birth to you and then he gave birth to you with his life so that you can be say i'm like god but this is something you must believe now the moment you you realize that you are exactly like because of his life that you, now you begin to ask questions and begin to analyze things so what did my father do that i can also do who is my father that i can also become how does he go about his ways that i can also go about that you see you begin to ask those questions and the more you ask those questions now you begin to realize that oh god is unlimitless so if god has no limit then i also have no limit in this world nothing can limit me nothing can stop me from fulfilling god's plans for my life you see this is how you begin to think a lot of people think that oh okay you know um, so far as i'm in this world then whatever that is in this world applies to me no way like i was telling you last week i don't i don't sit in a vehicle i don't i don't drive or i don't travel and then i'll be thinking that oh this plane will come down oh, it cannot come down this car will come down or have an accident it cannot because there is a god in that in that in that transport medium i got what i'm saying both my father and me who represent the completeness of god we are put in that vehicle so why would god allow or what can the devil do to any transport medium that has god in it darkness cannot destroy light you didn't hear what i said i said darkness cannot destroy that is why jesus told you he told me in matthew he said you are the light of the world when he said that what did he mean jesus said it in matthew john said that god in first john god is light and in him there's no shadow at all so jesus said you are the light and we also know that god is light so if you are the light and god is light then who's are you not the same as god if you are not god then you couldn't have been described as a light because god is light he's the only light so for the reason that you are god that is why jesus said you are the light if your father is light you are light if you are not born again your father the devil is darkness therefore you are also darkness and you are in the dark and that is why someone who is not born again can do any filthy thing and wouldn't even feel that they are doing it so that is her nature if an unbeliever goes to fornicate for example the person will finish fornicating and will feel this so it's normal we will we, we even 
be proud of what he has done. And will be telling friends that this is what he has done. But a believer goes to do that same thing and a believer will not eat. A believer will be crying. What have I done? Oh God. And that should tell you that your place wasn't in darkness. The light that you are has exposed that thing that you did. And because the light exposed that thing that you did, now you are feeling remorseful. You saw that, oh, fornication was so bad. So, oh God, I'm sorry. I get what I'm saying. It is the light that has exposed that thing. But if you are in the darkness, because you cannot see in the darkness, if you sin in darkness, nothing moves you. What is going to expose the sin that you sin? Nothing. You just sin and, oh, you go around and tell people, oh, Charlie, oh, I clam. Oh, I clam, I clam. You see this girl, oh, I clam. Busting in sin. But a child of God who is born again, carrying the light of God, I'm not going about telling his friends, I've cleared this girl. I've slept with this one. No. Because just one act of sin, a true child of God will not have it easy with him or himself. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. This is the difference. This is why you are in the light. Because the light always exposes the things in darkness. If you, if you had come here and this whole place was dark and then you needed to find something, the first thing you do is to turn on the light. So which means that whatever is in darkness is, is made manifest by the light. So when you are the light of the world, you cannot continue endorsing the things of what? Sin in darkness. Because as a light, you expose the things that are wrong in the darkness. Amen. So as I am to say, I am God. So as gods in this world, right? You are different. You are superior. Say, I am superior. So say it, say, I am superior. John, the same book of John, John 8, 19. John chapter 8. Jesus speaking to Philip, he said, Then he said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered. Sorry, not Philip this time. Jesus answered and said, You know neither me nor my father. You have known me you have known my father in other words jesus was saying that if someone sees now as she is standing there the person must know who is the father of now not just the biological father it's her attitude must tell the person if she's born again or she's not simple as it is not what goes on in the world. You know, a lot of people do things in the world just to be accepted by the world. You are different. Say, I'm different. I must not be accepted by the world when I am not being accepted by my father. My father must accept what I do. If the world does not approve of me, do I even care? I don't care. As long as I am pleasing to my father. That is my priorities in life. And that, that must be your priority. You want, you want your friends to, to, to clap for you and applaud you because you went to the party with them and you went to drink with them. Yes, they are applauding because you are, you've accompanied them into the dark. But as a light, will you sit up and say, hey, I don't belong here. It doesn't really matter what they think about you or say about you. you know, there are some people, they have very low self-esteem. 
they are very their conscience they are their conscience very weak so when people say something bad about them it catches them some of us we have we, we, we don't even have a thick skin we have a different skin so much that when you say something against us it doesn't even move us that's what you might develop your life so that is the second benefit of having it that benefit of eternal life is that you have power over sin didn't say a good amen when you have eternal life you have power over right Romans 6 14 Romans 6 14 it says that for sin shall not have dominion dominion is another word for power in Greek it is kratos in other words, sin will not rule by you because you are not under the law. So, what is sin? Sin is not meeting the mark to fall short of God's glory. In other words, to, to be below God's standard. Come on, listen. To be below God's standard. It is below God's standard to be poor. Because according to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, we know that Jesus took our place in poverty so that we will be rich. So in other words, God's standard and glory is for us to be rich. Not rich using the world's principles, but using the Father's principles of being rich. So the moment you have eternal life, your mindset must change. Your mindset of prosperity and riches is, must change from what I have to who I am now. Come on. Are you here with me? See, a lot of these rich people, recently, um, um, what do you call it? This guy bought Twitter. Elon Musk bought Twitter. And then it came up that when he even made the offer to buy the company, $44 billion, he had to go and look for money. And people were asking, ah, this man that is the richest man in the world, why did he have to go and look for money? The, the, the point is this. Yes, he's the richest in the world, but most of his riches is in stocks. Stocks. The values of his company. And the stock is not like physical cash. So if he needed cash, he had to go and liquidate all of that to get, you know, liquidity. I get it. So it could even happen that some of you on, on a physical, in, in a one-on-one, -on -one. let me put it, please follow me. Pay attention. Pay attention. Listen. Maybe some of you, you meet Elon Musk today, and then he'll tell you, oh, I don't have any money on me. I need to pay for my lunch. Right? And then seriously, maybe he's, he's not joking, he'll tell you, I don't have any, I don't have any cash on me. I don't even have money in my bank account. He might even jokingly say, Charlie, I don't have cash, so maybe let me borrow the world's language. Maybe I'm broke. And you wonder, ah, are you not the richest person in the world? Why don't you have money? Because in your mind, you are thinking that as the richest person in the world, you must always have money in his pocket. So you will even be surprised that, ah, why are you telling me to pay for your lunch? Now the point here I'm trying to communicate to you is that though he's the richest person in the world, He's the richest person because of who he has become as a result of his stocks. What he has or what he does not have 
does not make him rich per se what makes him rich is who he is because of the value of what he you know he has gotten through his stocks so in fact one day i watched his interview he said sometimes when he travels he he tells his friends he sometimes sleep he doesn't even have a house of his own he sleeps with he sleeps with in people's house his friends will go oh i'm in Accra. please oh regina can you give me a place to sleep then he'll come and sleep there the richest man in the world doesn't have a place to sleep and that is what jesus said he said foxes have holes bears have have nests but the son of man does not have anywhere to lay his head but that does it mean that god was broke no he could have at any time he proved it when he wanted to ride on a donkey he didn't have a donkey but he got a donkey when he needed money okay to, to pay for his tax he didn't have the money at that moment but he got money from the mouth of her face when he wanted to do anything he did it not because of what he had but because of who he was so who you are is superior than what you have You must first know who you are. A lot of people want to know what they have to define who they are. When you do that, you get things wrong. You must know who you are to define what you want to have. In the world, the world says the more you have, it defines who you are. But no, in God, it's about who he is that defines what he has. So now, I have power over sin if i don't have any money it doesn't mean that i am poor ah 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 if there's no money in my pockets right now it doesn't mean that i am poor or i should tell my i should say to someone i'm broke then it means that when you talk like that then you don't know who you are because if you know who you are then it means that how to get the money you are looking for it will come you get what i'm teaching this morning it will come don't define your existence in this world by what you have because ah, did it, is it heaven and earth shall pass away my words shall not pass away so now if you want to define yourself by what you have that is when when you lose something you lose your car you lose your house you go mental because you have defined yourself by what you have but if you know who you are take everything take my house Take my car. Tomorrow by this time, I'll have a new car. I'll have a new house. Take my businesses. Tomorrow by this time, I'll have a new business. Because I know who I am. I know who I am. Who I am defines what I have. It's not what I have. Take everything from me that I'll bounce back. I see it bouncing back in the name of Jesus. I see it rising up again in the name of Jesus. You shall not be down there in the name of Jesus. You are rising up. I rise now. It's who you are. And that is why God, see, see God, eh? God, he doesn't care. Eh? God, eh? They, they killed him. He said, oh Jesus, they'll kill you. Eh? I know who I am. Three days, I'll bring you back. So it is not about death or life. It's who God is. It is because of who I am. That is why I don't go, I don't have to go and fornicate. It's because of who I am. I don't have to steal. It's because of who I am. It's not what I have. Say, I know who I am. As, as gods in this world, 
better know who you are. Tell your neighbor, don't put your trust in what you have. Oh, come on, to look for someone and say, don't put your trust in what you have. There are many people, before they sleep, they check their bank balance. They check it, ah, the bank balance is okay. And sleeps having comfort in their bank balance. The moment, ah, today to levy has started. The moment the levy started going against you, I said, yeah, my money, my money, my money, my money, my money. That's why Jesus said, he said, where your heart is, your treasure will be there. Anyway, your heart, where your heart is, will tell where your treasure is. Say, I know who I am. I have power over sin. Any life, anything that does not represent the standard of God, I have power over it. It will not rule over me. Poverty cannot rule over me because I am, as my life, as my nature, as my DNA, is not a subject to poverty. So, what I don't have, must not tell me that I am poor. I get to what I'm saying, somebody. Yeah. You may not have your own house right now, built a house right now, but that does not mean that you are not a property owner. <laughs> come on, come on out here. That is why you see, oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit. That is why you don't look at what someone has and then envy the person. Because what do you have? That means if I decide to have, I cannot have. But you see, the worldly people, those who are not born again, they are going about looking for what people have. They say, hey, hey, no, this pastor, he, he has this, so he has this. No, he has too much. I want to have like him. No, 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 no. I don't want to have like what anybody has. I want to have what my father has given me. The Bible says we are joint heads with Christ. I want to have what you have. I want to have what my inheritance has given me in Christ. Everything that God has given me is what I want. Not what somebody has. I don't know how you got your car. I don't know the, I don't know the, the kululu you, 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 you did to buy your car. I don't want to have your car. I want to have my own car. I don't know, I don't know the people you've defrauded to, buy, to build a house. I don't want to have your house. I want to have the house God has given me. Say, I know who I am. Don't lift up your right hand and say, I know who I am. If you understand this revelation from today, when you are working in this world, you will not be frustrated ever again. But there are some people when they have money, they are happy. When there's no money, they are, they are sad. They will be moody, they will be crying. No! You don't know who you are. You don't know. Anything that you need in this world, you can have it. Anything you don't have is an expression of sin. Oh yes. You don't have this, this, this. Sin will not have dominion over you. The sin cannot rule over me. So said, said boldly, says sin cannot rule over me. John chapter 15. John 15. Verse 24. Jesus saying, he said, if I had done, if I have not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have sinned. And also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. So whatever you do, okay, points to the glory of your father. Okay, it points. So if you bring out prosperity, it means that your father is prosperous. Those of you in school, you bring out academic excellence. 
You know, my grace does not define me. I told you about my experience when I went to the university. Even before I got to level 400, I declared that I'll get first class. The father, I had a vision that I got first class. I started telling my friends, oh, it's like, but we have not even gotten to level 300, you are talking about first class. One of them said, oh, me, whatever I get, so fast it will help me to do my master's, I'm okay. I said, okay, me, I just don't want to get anything that will help me do my master's. I want to get first class. And that's what I'm getting. And that's what I got. Simple. Amen. In my life right now, there are so many things I'm learning at the same time. I'm learning, I'm learning, learning difficult things in the eyes of people. But it amazes me to the glory of the Father. How all those things that I'm learning, it's like it is nothing. Nothing. I'm learning intermediary Greek. Okay? When you do intermediary Greek, that means that you are almost to the advanced stage. Some of you, when you, when you see the letters of Greek, you might think that, Charlie, let me, st- let me, let me not pursue it. Even the alphabet alone scares people away. Learning so many things at the same time. You think, ah, why? Yes, because I, I, I have in my heart that I'm not done learning. But I am learning more. And I will learn more. I will learn more. And I'm mixing all of my learning. I'm writing books every month. I'm, we, are, we are doing ministry every day. And you see, this is what the life, eternal life is all about. You become limitless. Say, I am limitless. Amen. The next benefit. When you have power over the over sin, you are able to subdue the flesh. Eternal life gives you the ability to, to control the flesh. The feelings of the flesh. I get what I'm saying. A lot of people, they allow their flesh to detect to them. Instead of the life that they have. Galatians chapter 5, 16. Galatians 5. Verse number 16. He said, I say that walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the last of the flesh. So to subdue the flesh is to subdue the last of the flesh. When the flesh wants to sleep and then the spirit says, hey, no. You see, eternal life makes you to have a click with the word. When, when anyone who says, I am born again, has no interest to hear the word of God, that's a problem. The moment you have eternal life, you always want to hear the word of God. You always want to hear the Father talk to you. You always want to hear the Father's voice. That is the beauty of having eternal life. Your flesh will not tell you what to do. Look at what he says in the next line. Verse 17. For the flesh lasts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you don't do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, if you are led by the spirit, if you are because eternal life is the same thing as what the spirit's life, then it means that when you are in the spirit and you have eternal life, your flesh cannot control who you are so your flesh now begin to do the things that you are in your spirit when when the flesh wants you to go and gamble you say no my spirit is different i don't do gambling my flesh even though you so I, I saw a video in which some guy be saying that 
he, he, he's been showing people that he has used spread but uh, spe, spot sorry spot betting to build a house so through his gambling he has used it to build a house and then he's been telling people this is what i've been using my gambling for and that there's benefits in gambling you see the warp logic and then people say oh wow this guy has built this house because of gambling is that how god wants you to build your house what is gambling let me give you a picture of what gambling is so 10 people you are here so the system of gambling would take let's say you all agree that i want to stake five cities for example right take five 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 and then when you predict the correct thing that is the rest of your money given to the one who predicted correctly now the reason gambling is evil is this let me tell you imagine prophet has only five cities left on him just picture that that is the only money left on him but because of the nature of darkness he thought that oh let me go and stake this last five cities i am sure i am going to win i'm sure and then he stakes his last five cities and assuming he doesn't win what do you think will happen to prophet now you go hungry you'll be very sad whilst he is hungry and very sad let's assume that you won the lottery you'll be happy and you'll be well fed now the judge who is god sits in this on this matter and then looks at your happiness and looks at his sadness and says ah this game that you people played because of this game read prophet is sad you are happy you all contributed but why is he sad and you are happy and if that is the case then this thing must not be allowed are you getting a picture of gambling that is why gambling is evil you deprive someone's happiness so that you can be happy meanwhile all of you you put in the same amount you put in the same stake but you predicted correctly and and the system gathered the money deprived other people of happiness and they gave it to you and you are happy and you don't care what someone feels you don't care whether someone has eaten or has not eaten all that you care is that oh i predicted correctly and i have won money so i'm happy that is not how god do things do you understand the, the system of betting now God, God doesn't want you okay to have some joy at the expense of somebody in other words don't deny someone his joy just to be happy if you have to help someone help the person so but the flesh always fights against the position of the spirit the flesh does it what the spirit does what eternal life does the flesh always doesn't want to do it but I pray that you do the things of the spirit from today. Amen. Five. When you have eternal life, one beautiful benefit of eternal life is that you can do and you can have anything as long as it aligns to the will and glory of God. You can become anything that glorifies God. You didn't hear what I said? When you have eternal life, you can become anything that glorifies God. As long as it pleases the Father, you can become it. 
Do you want to be rich in line with God's will? You can become it. Do you want to be to be um, 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 the best, whatever, 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 you whatever? As long as it glorifies God, you can become it. Whatever that you want to become, that glorifies God. Eternal life makes it possible. See, that is why I told you that you can live in this world, this physical world, and not fall sick. It is in line with God's will. It is in eternal life that you can walk in this world and not fall sick. And there will be nothing wrong with your physical body. Is it possible to become somebody that will walk in this world and never fall sick? Absolutely yes. Because the life you have determines what you become, isn't it? So now, if the earthly life makes it possible for people to be sick, now that you have the spirit's life, then it means that the possibilities of you living without, sick, without sickness is 100%. Not, it's, it's absolute. Are, are you following what I'm teaching you? What do you want to become? Whatever you want to become. As long as it glorifies God. As long as it pleases God. As long as it is to the benefit of other people. Let me tell you. You can become it. You didn't say a good amen. We shout a louder amen. Hebrews chapter number 11. I read from verse number 3. Can't, no, we all, let's all read it together. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3. Are you there? If you are there, raise your hands. Let me see. Hebrews 11 verse 3. Let's read it together. One to go. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made by the things which are visible. In other words, you can build that next mansion without having cash. And you think, Apostle, how is that possible? The same way God built the world with his words. He said, ah, can words, can words take me to Makola or timber market to go and buy building materials? Ah, you have no idea. Ah, he said, Father, I want to, I want to have, I want to have a house. I want to have a house. And the father said, okay, where do you want to have it? He said, I want to, I want to have a house at, um, let's say, Laboni Estate. So, okay. And then you check your bank account, you realize that, oh, you, you don't have anything, you don't have anything. Zero balance. And then, you, you, you look at your life, maybe you are even jobless. But bear in mind, don't forget, what you have does not define you. What you have does not define you. And then you have the life of God. And then what do you now begin to do? If God created the world by his words, first of all, you must begin to imagine and have the mind of God. I want to live around Laboni Estate. That's the first thing. Then you begin to declare, I have a house in Laboni Estate. I have a house. How many bedrooms do you want? You want 10 bedrooms? You say, I have 10 bedroom house, mansion swimming pool everything at laboni estate as you are talking like this you don't even have one cd in your bank account and that has not defined you don't forget i begin to talk like that you begin to talk i have a house laboni estate i have a house 10 bedrooms i have it how long is it going to take you for that house to come it might take you one day 
it must take you 10 years it must take you it can even take you one year do you know what as you are declaring like this you are setting in motion one day you may be working a business opportunity may come your way somebody may come your way god will take your word as long as you don't doubt it and cause an orchestration before you realize what you have been declaring now becomes visible because what is visible was not made by materials they were made by words when 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 did you when did the guys return the funds was it thursday now look at what happened on thursday thursday i was working the whole day friday to make sure i published the book for april because i was way against time so that morning i woke up the whole day i didn't have any money on me not even one city on me so whilst i was working the holy spirit told me that you don't have money but you have not said anything i heard the voice clear so whilst i was typing i didn't even open my mouth too much i said it in my heart and then came out from my mouth i said i declare money to come to me i'm telling you what happened on thursday and then i said it and i switched my mind back to what i was doing about 40 or an hour later then god so called me and then he called me we, we bought something from jumia and we're supposed to have done a refund one hour later after declaring that thing he called me and told me oh apostle they have refunded the money he was not even in my mind because we knew that jumia it takes long for them to you know process refunds and all of that i didn't even know that the money would be refunded that day after i declared within a matter of one hour he called me and told me they have refunded the money and i said ah, okay then do what is needful and then i had money for that day i guess what i'm saying a lot of people when they don't have money they they rather say what they don't have instead of saying who they are to reflect what to have I'm showing you some secret today that if you are going to receive it in faith, you will start dominating in this world. Why not? That's by saying, I command money to look for to come to me. I had a, I had some funds. Don't look for things. He said, Why do you look for the dead among the living? Some of you you are looking for solutions in the, for this for yourself in this world among among where there is no solution in darkness there's no solution solution is only in the light in the light you will see everything clear but you see how to build what you need amen now look at what jesus said in um matthew 12 37 matthew 12 37 Matthew chapter 12 verse 37. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, well, in fact, when you go home, you can even read from verse 30 and you get a context. Jesus said, for by your words, you'll be justified. Or by your words, you'll be condemned. What are you saying? Ask your neighbor, what, what are you saying? Oh, ask your neighbor, what, are you, what have you been saying? Be careful what you say. 
Because what you say must reflect the life you have. If you have eternal life, you speak according to eternal life. If you don't have eternal life and your life is just flesh and blood, that is when, when a pain comes at your waist, you will say according to the pain. You say, oh, Charlie, my waist is paining me. Because that is the life you have. But when you have eternal life, the pain shows up. You speak according to the life you have. Because in that life, you can cure any sickness. By speaking. I raise the next generation. Not even the next generation. By the words of the Spirit, I raise millionaires in this church. You are the next millionaire coming up. You are the next millionaire coming up. You are prospering in the name of Jesus. Whatever you need, you are having it in the name of Jesus. I cleanse your body from any sickness, any condition. In the name of Jesus. You are graduating with first class. I say you are graduating with first class. Even when you thought or you think you did not write anything on that paper, that paper is coming out with an A on it. It's coming out with an A. Even when you thought you did not write anything, that paper is coming out with an A. And you shall graduate as the best of your class. Say, I'm on top. I'm on top. This is how you live your life as a child of God. By your words, you shall be justified. Speak. And it shall happen. What did Jesus say? Again, didn't he say in Mark 11, 22, 23? He said, if you can say to this mountain, and you don't doubt, be removed. It shall be God. It shall be removed. Why will you say? You say because of who you are. Okay, let me give you a typical example. Are you here? Oh, come on. Are you being blessed? Why was Abraham called Abraham? What do we know? And why? Because what? Eh? Father of many nations. Now, the word Abraham is a noun, isn't it? So now you ask someone, What is your name? They say, I'm Abraham. But that is not how God says things. God, you see, that word Abraham was an expression of the mind of God concerning Abraham. Abraham meant the prince, but he was not the father of many nations. So when God said, I'm changing your name from Abraham to Abraham. God was expressing a thought. A thought in that from today, when you say, when someone asks you what is your name, and you say, I am Abraham, it's a communication of who I am. Hey, hey, are you here with me? That is why when you ask someone, oh, we always ask, what is the meaning of your name? I, I, I do it a lot. But in this world right now, people call people all sorts of names. They name their children all kinds of names. Lady Tatcha. What is the meaning of Lady Tatcha? What is the what what, what is the lady of Kunkumbaja? I say my my child is called Kunkumbaja. What's the meaning of that? The, uh, uh, the, there was a name I heard recently. Uh huh. Uh, um, he said that that he used to be a footballer. Um, if you know that, I don't know if some of you remember. It was called Jerry Akamenko. Akaminko, you remember that guy? You know the meaning of Akaminko? He said, it's left with me alone. I'm alone. So, somebody asked your name. and said, what's your name? He said, I'm alone. He said, I'm alone. Ah, is that your name? He said, my name is, I'm alone. I don't have anyone. Ah! And then, a mother or a parent taught it twice to name their child, you're alone. That is why, you see, you just can't name your child any name. You must find the meaning. Because 
a name, a word is a communication of a thought. Are you get what I'm saying? You just can't name your name all this. Cinderella. What's the meaning of Cinderella? What's the meaning of Cindy? What's the meaning of that? Cindy Rice. Uh, What's the meaning of Cindy? All my children, I know the meaning of their names. No. You see, what you can do is that if you find the meaning of your name and it's not good, you better change the thought of that name. Change it. Change. No. Susan, I got the name Susanna from the Bible. She was one of the givers. Luke chapter 8. She used to give to the minister. So Susan is a giver. That's why I named her that. Susie cares. And I see it in her life. Even as, as, as my daughter, she always expresses that attitude of you no know, care. That is it. Ketura. Ketura means aroma. So you see her that she's always everywhere. And Ketura comes here, you know she's everywhere. You hear her voice everywhere. I mean, you see, Gabriel. You know Gabriel, the meaning of Gabriel? Gabriel. The L there means God. Elohim. The L. Okay? In the Hebrew. God before God. So it means the one who stands before God. So when Gabriel came to visit Mary, he said, I'm an angel who is in the presence of God. El. Elohim. Isaiah is the same thing. Yeah, Yahweh, prophet of God. You think I don't know the name of my children? Know everything. I'm just explaining them to you. <laughs> you. You call your children super tops. Call them super tops, and you will see what will be happening to your children. Do I have a tops? It's not how nice the word sounds. It's the meaning of the word that matters. So be careful how you call your name. Are you here with me? One day when I found out the meaning of my name, Peter, and then I checked the behavior of Peter in the Bible, I changed their mind. I said, if Peter was faithless, me, I'm full of faith. <laughs> I, I, I said, I, I changed, I said, maybe the meaning of that Peter in the Bible was full of fear and everything. But me, the meaning of me, my Peter, I'm bold. I'm fearless. And I see it happening in my life. Uh -huh. It's what you think that matters. Are you here with me? Praise the Lord. Thank you for being a part of today's message. This program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels, or find us on all major social media platforms. Stay blessed, and always remember that in Christ Jesus, we are free.